Here we are at Augusta. I actually haven't ever seen that movie in my life, but I hear it's a good one. <laughs> good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. Welcome back wherever you are tuning in to listen to this really simple syndicated feed. I welcome you. I welcome your presence and your ears. Welcome to the show. This is The Intellectual Kitchen, episode 25. I'm going for a... I don't know what kind of vibe I'm going for, but I'm going for a vibe, I suppose. I suppose everyone's always going for a vibe, even if they just don't know about it yet. Anyway, hi. Uh, I hope you're doing well, because I'm doing well, because I am done with a lot of stuff that I wasn't done with before recording this. So that's really exciting. I mean... Sometimes there's just a lot going on and you finish stuff and you're like, wow, that feels great, but also a little funny because I've been working on it for so long that I never really thought about what it would be like when I'm done with it. And now that I'm done with it, it feels kind of weird, but that's where we are and we're recording. So the the one, uh, as they say, the one consistency through all this would be uh, would be this podcast. Isn't that right? Well, that's right. Here we are at... Uh, at the intellectual kitchen. <laughs> uh, the topic for today is tools, and I thought we'd talk about tools. If you know any tools in your life, I'm sorry because the word tool is usually described to usually usually used to describe a rather uh, a rather disliked person. But um, but if you use any tools in your life, you know, like normal normal items, tools, not people. Uh, then that's probably good because tools, uh, in the in the traditional sense, help you. They're very helpful friends to have. You know, the the kind you pick up and uh, and move around and do stuff with and operate, as opposed to, to interact with. Uh, anyway, kitchen tools are ever prevalent, especially in today's wildly technology dominated, dependent society. And I thought we'd have a little conversation about them because I think there's a lot to say. I think there's a lot that ties into our uh, our initial discussion of silverware. We kind of hinted at three core areas to split off onto from silverware. There was restaurants, which we, which we excuse me, which we covered in episode 21 with our guest TJ. There's presentation, which we still have yet to cover, and there's tools, which we are covering right now in episode 25 so without further ado here we go um the tools the tools conversation is um like many other things inspired and driven by a few uh a few witty anecdotes that i have i've never liked that word anecdotes i don't know why i used it Uh, a few stories i like saying stories better i really do uh, I like the way the word sounds. Anyway, no offense to anecdotes, but here are a few stories. So, uh, well, I, I guess I could first give a little overview of, of tools and, 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 uh, and what I think of tools and how, you know, how they're used most commonly and what they are. So, uh, so tools, I, I mean, I'm thinking kitchen tools, things you use to items you use to make food to help make that process easier. Um, and, and, you know, we kind of, we kind of covered the general idea of items used to eat food in that silverware episode, just for reference, that was episode 14. It's helpful when you have the, 
the big old spreadsheet up here while you're recording. You should try it sometime if you're interested. Um, anyway, tools in the kitchen uh, are used for all sorts of things, not just eating food. So there's tools. To, there are tools to prepare ingredients. There are tools to mix ingredients. There are tools to to split ingredients. There are tools to join ingredients. So there's like chopping and 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 joining and and junctioning and intersecting and and unions and and intersections and that that's uh that's a a rather um rather uh uh bland mathematical way to describe this but you know you put things together and you split things apart and you prepare them and you add and you remove and you edit you modify that's uh that's how it works that's how these things get done and so a lot of times tools are very much rather helpful in doing that and um i strongly believe that tools can help you to make great food um but using good tools will not ensure that you make great food it will help though it will help um the first the first funny story i have uh ever <laughs> it's not true i mean i hope you think some of these stories that we've told here are funny um but the first story i have for today you may not think it's funny or not this this episode is really conversational i mean i guess they all are in a sense but but sometimes i come in with an agenda and i'm like all right here we go we're talking about pie crust and this is why i hate pie crust and this is why this is why i feel this way about pie crust and and uh you know as i did in uh in episode 23 but um at the times it's just like yeah how's it going let's uh let's talk i think i had an idea but i lost it so while i attempt to remember it and recover it from the depths of my memory i will just talk at length about something else that's random it's a good strategy you know if you're ever lost in front of a group anyway um here's the story so i i was at uh an eating establishment recently it was a cafeteria style place um and and in one section of this particular establishment they make pizzas and there are a couple different ways to to get a pizza from this area you can uh you can just grab they they have some some pre-made ones that they make every day and they make a certain uh set of pizza types each day and they put them out uh you can also custom order one if you want a particular one and then you know either way you just take some slices or or if you're uh if you're getting a custom one you get a little personal pizza but um the most notable the most notable uh, part of this experience for someone who uh, who runs a, a podcast about food design and the design of good food, of which, you know, I'm not sure there are many people in the world uh, who, who claim that title, but uh, here I am. I am one of them. Hi. It's nice to meet you, certainly. Um, as, as, as that kind of person, um, I was a little less interested in the pizza itself and more interested in what was being used to make the pizza. And they were using, uh, the chefs in the kitchen because you could see, you could see everything that was happening in this kitchen. It was very forward facing and, uh, it, you know, right behind this little counter, they were preparing the pizzas and they have this wonderful, really wonderful, what looks like sort of a wood fired, 
oven. Okay, maybe not a wood-fired oven, but, a, you know, a classic stone oven, probably powered by gas, but still, like, you know, they're, they're doing some good things over there. Um, but but the, the, the tool that they were using to prepare the pizza dough was, I, I thought this was one of the silliest things I'd ever seen. So they, they had this pizza dough presser thing, okay? And it was, uh, it was, it required energy. It was like plugged into the wall or something. I don't think it was battery powered. It was very large. It took up a large amount of space in this kitchen. And it consisted of, if you, if you, if you think you know what I'm talking about, you probably do. If you don't think you know what I'm talking about, I'll try to explain. So it consisted of these two, uh, parallel plates, much like a capacitor. Now it consisted, <laughs> uh, it consisted of these two parallel plates, um, circular plates and, uh, you know, f- facing, facing each other, both aligned horizontally. And uh, how it would work is someone would take uh, a ball of pizza dough and put it in, you know, rest it in between the plates on the bottom plate. And then <clears throat> they'd, uh, they'd grab these two buttons on top and hold them down. And the idea was, uh, it, in, in theory, that the top plate would, uh, powered by a motor, get pushed down and sort of crush the the ball of dough into a flat uh into a flat you know pizza um flat circular pizza is the word i'm looking for um and so it was an easy way to go from a ball of dough to a a to what was like ready to go and to be topped and and put in the oven um but this thing that they were using was just not working. I mean, th- there was someone who stood at this tool for the entire evening and was unable to get it to work. And it wasn't the person's fault. The thing was broken. So they would stand there. This person would stand there and uh, and try to click the buttons and click both of them at once and one at a time or whatever. And, and every few minutes, uh, if it felt like it, the, the top plate would move down or up a little bit. And it wasn't ever crushing the pizza. I mean, I saw it happen, I think, once. And it was pretty cool. You know, it, it smushed it and went like, and it, uh, and it flattened it out, and it was ready to have toppings added to it and to be baked slash, slash cooked in the oven. I mean, it worked great when it worked. Um, but, but for the, the vast majority of the time I was there eating and watching this, it was just not working. They could just not get it to work. And they weren't, they weren't doing anything instead of using the tool. They were like entirely dependent on this tool, pressing the pizza dough. And it, and when it wasn't working, there was just this big holdup. And, and, um, I mean, it was ridiculous when this, when the, when the plates came down and crushed the dough, they wouldn't come back up and, uh, and they were banging on it and shaking it and, and moving it all around, turning it off and back on again. The old restart the computer trick. It was, it was just not having it. I mean, this thing was broken. Um, and it was a large, huge, expensive piece of equipment. It appeared to be, you know, a, a high-quality product that I'm sure would have cost a lot of money. And 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 uh, and if if it didn't cost a lot of money to get it, it certainly cost a lot of money to put it there. It was like bolted into the floor. This thing was huge. And so, I my thought, my immediate thought was, 
And this is really funny because when when you're a kid growing up and you hear people say, oh, when I was your age or, you know, when I was young, my, you know, this is how it worked. And you think, gosh, that's so ridiculous. I'm never going to say that to my kids. I'm never going to say that to anyone. I mean, I'm never going to grow up and say to anyone, oh, when I was a kid, I had to do this. They're like, you know, oh, when I was growing up, we did this instead. We didn't have fancy phones and tablets and computers. We had to carve our names into the wood to turn in our papers on time. Like, you, you hear these stories and you're like, okay, that's great, but I don't care. And sometimes they're interesting. Sometimes they're interesting stories. But still, I just, I always thought to myself, I'm never going to say that. I'm never going to say that. Well, that day has come because <laughs> I'm about to say it. Here we go. Ready? Ready? Just prepare yourself for a second. I'm, I'm going to say it. When I was young, <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> when I was young... And my parents were making pizza, and they still do this, by the way. They would take the ball of dough, and they'd take a rolling pin, and they'd flatten it out themselves on the table. (laughs) And when they were done working at it, it was a circular pizza shape, and it was ready to have toppings put on it and put in the oven and baked. And you know what? When it was done, it was pretty freaking good. And they didn't need a giant expensive machine that wasn't working to press the pizza for them. I find this ridiculous. This was so silly. They stood there for so long trying to get this thing to work and it was just not cooperating. And and I really, you know, I... You never see this stuff coming. You really never see this stuff coming. I never thought that I'd... Well, first of all, I never thought that I'd be sitting in front of a microphone running a podcast about the design of food, which I am... And I love doing it. So so I'm, I'm glad I'm here doing that. But I never imagined <laughs> that I would be saying, you know, in my day, all it took was a simple rolling pin. And, and But it's true. It's so true. These things change. And, and it's just, uh, it's crazy. It really is. I mean, it... <laughs> I, I, there's a part of me that, that doesn't want to, to seem this way about the story because it sounds so silly to be talking like that. But at the same time, it's just so true. I mean, I, it was a complete waste of time to be messing with this machine. And, uh, and now I've introduced the tools concept. So there you go. One long, uh, one long recent plus childhood story in. I have introduced the concept of of what it means to use to use tools in uh, in making food, but but this does the, you know the the conversation extends beyond beyond the idea of like holy cow I can't believe they were spending so much time time trying to get that thing to work. It's also you know it's also a conversation about um, uh, it's a conversation about when are tools right in the kitchen? Um, what are they good for? And and how much is enough on the tools? Um, it's uh, it's it's kind of a classic. It's a classic uh, philosophical problem. The idea of how much is enough. You know, whether it's money, um, or material goods. In this case, um, technology. You know, tools are. To, from from whatever no matter what century you're coming from no matter what time period you're talking about uh, if you're talking about tools you're talking about technology it doesn't need to be electronic for it to be technology it doesn't need to be powered or automated in any way the you know forks knives spoons technology right there 
a rolling pin is technology. Uh, you know, a spatula technology. It's all, it's all technology. And, um, I, I'm not taking a a sweeping broad look at technology and, and redefining it. This is, this is what technology means. You know, it's, 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 it's what cultures develop, uh, tools that cultures develop to, to help themselves. Uh, today, those things, many of them are electronic. Many of them are mass produced. Um, but long ago, technology um, was was simply seen as the tools uh, that people make to help themselves. And that's still very true today. Um, but we often think of technology in a more restricted sense, uh, perhaps because the the nature of the industry has tended towards uh, towards a restricted focus, but that's another story. Um, that's for the intellectual valley, <laughs> um, and we're we're the intellectual kitchen. So tools. All right, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna see if I had any other notes on this to make sure, because I, I I had my you know passionate pizza presser story, but uh, I want to know if I there's a specific uh, ah here it is oh this is great okay so the note i have written down is we're going to talk about tools for designing creating and consuming food and this is great because well first of all now i know what i'm actually uh going to talk about but also because um this is just a wildly interesting uh field so Let's start with creating and consuming, which are the two most popular ways to think about tools for food, I think. And then we'll move into designing, which uh, is surely of great interest, um, but also a little different and not not often thought about in this uh, realm. So tools for creating food uh, there are many, and that is putting it lightly. That is a, a huge, huge, massive understatement. Um, there are, as I said, tools for, I mean, I, we could try to divide them into categories. So there are tools for, I mean, it's sort of the, the basic idea of mixtures and components. You can add, modify, delete, and you can, you know, prepare, join, separate it's it's all it's all sort of in the same vein so we have things like spatulas which are for mixing and preparation you know where you move something around add something in help to mix mingle the uh the flavors distribute things uh there are things like knives scissors um sharp you know, you know things with things with edges and um and blades all that help to cut things up, chop things up, divide into smaller pieces. Um, so pieces get smaller and the amount of pieces gets larger. It's kind of this nice balance between how many pieces do you want and how big do you want them to be. It has this inverse relation. Um, and... Then there are things for joining, 
foods and and items that you're preparing although although more often than not it it does seem that uh that when you're joining things together so you know like if you split apart pizza dough and then need to join it back together you do that mostly by hand but tools you know tools can help as well and so i'm not going to try to to restrictively classify all the different tools that that exist and i'm certainly not going to try to list them all because there are new ones every day and there are a ridiculous amount uh as it is but the thing that's important to understand about tools is that for the most part they're good and they're not too this is my opinion but for the most part i do strongly feel that tools are not a problem uh, in making food. Perhaps so when they get to be too cumbersome or are trying to overcomplicate a simple process, such as the pizza dough presser. But that is really one of very few uh, things I've seen, tools I've seen, that are not doing a good job uh, at... uh, at helping and benefiting the food creation process. Um, there's also, you know, also if you want to think a little more technical, a little more in terms of more modern technology, um, right? So tools aren't just uh, what we use to chop things up and cut things and join things and mix things. You know, they're also the the things in the bigger picture. So when we talk about components, when we talk about mixtures, meta mixtures, so to speak, building up layers, you know, bigger and bigger tools that process larger and larger amounts of food are more important there. So things like ovens, refrigerators, stoves, uh, food processors, these things, uh, are important and they're tools too. It's all technology. Um, technology is great in food, uh, and again, technology in the very classical sense of of anything, uh, any tool you've made to make things easier to help help yourself. Really, tools for food consumption uh, are a little bit more straightforward. You have things like silverware, things like plates. Um, other cultural utensils. You also have, um, I I guess technically tables, chairs. It's all part of the environment, the ambiance, the experience. We talked about this just a little bit, uh, in our restaurants episode. Uh, for reference, that was episode 21 with TJ. Um, but as we as we enter the food consumption tools conversation that gets a little bit more towards um towards the presentation scene which i i do very much want to consider uh, and we will we will take a look at sometime that's sort of the third key core component that we branched off of from uh from silverware the third kind of tool is um I, I know. So I got I got extremely quiet and, and started having all these all these pauses all of a sudden. If if you've ever heard um <laughs> if you've ever heard Jonathan Schwartz on uh 
on public radio. It's very funny because he takes very, very long pauses between sentences. They're kind of they're kind of like uh, awkwardly uncomfortable pauses. And then he'll start talking and it's just it's you know like oh oh I forgot you were there Jonathan but but keep going. My uh my dad and I have this joke that it's like some people you know some people double space after their sentences when they're writing. But, but Jonathan Schwartz does it like when he's talking. Anyway, that was a very long, long-winded way to make a ridiculous joke. But hi, I'm back. Um, I did want to talk about uh, tools for designing food. So when you... Um, most people don't think about designing food as a separate process from creating food. And a lot of times it doesn't have to be. A separate process but uh it can be and it can have its benefits but this is so funny to me because food is so experiential um and it's not just about uh, the way something looks or sounds it's really about how it tastes and we are great at technology and tools that help prototype and test and design things that we're going to see and hear but we don't really have that for food so there's no like go to <laughs> there's no for like like there's no uh adobe creative suite application for food design there's no like what would it be called it would be called uh oh oh it would be called something really silly but good it would have a good name It'd be like adobe stove no absolutely not it would be uh hmm Oh, goodness. I don't know. Adobe. Adobe. Mm, I really can't think of a good name. Oh, but I want to. What could it be? If it were, uh, if you were talking about, a, a, you know, an Adobe Creative Suite application for designing food. There are things like Photoshop. Food shop? No. Adobe, <laughs> goodness, what could this be? Adobe Plate Shop, maybe. Adobe Plate Platter, Adobe Platter, Palette. No, I don't know. Anyway, forget that. <laughs> um, you don't have you don't have tools, software tools for designing food. Um, and if there are, I'd be very interested to see what they're like and what they do. But uh, I'd, I've never run into any. I've never heard of any. They very well could exist. But um, the reason why people like computer software for designing things is because they can iteratively see and change what they're working on. Um, that's not necessarily the case with food because you need to taste it to get the full experience. You need to taste it to get most of the experience. I mean, you can you can maybe take a look at how things are going to look and sound, perhaps, but it's difficult. Um, and especially with something like food that feels so utterly personal and so very uh, experiential, and and that's so um, 
unique to everyone and really uh, captures a certain part of everyone, you know, namely their sense of taste that is uh, so far and thankfully so far really unharmed by uh, other sort of commercial elements and mass production elements that can tend to plague out things like our vision and hearing. You know, the, the sense of taste really hasn't been assaulted yet. Um, but I think vision and, and hearing kind of have. Uh, the sense of taste for now is safe. Um, and so maybe it's a good thing that we don't have uh, crazy creative apps for designing food. Maybe it's a good thing that uh, that still all over the world people are doing this in their homes and in their uh, in restaurants that they own, making food, making things that people like, making things that people love, um, things that people are happy with. Maybe that's a good thing, you know, that we design still very much by iteration and by process. And yes, through prototyping, but through real prototyping, through taking things and putting them together and seeing what happens, not just dragging items around on a screen, not sending mass amounts of designs off to a company to, to get back proofs, but, but really going at it, taking some time, some tools, some components, mixing it together and seeing what tastes great. Well, thank you very much for coming back and listening. This has been episode 25 of The Intellectual Kitchen. I'm really very glad that you joined us for this one, for this discussion of tools in the kitchen, tools for designing, creating, and consuming food. As always, we are sort of branching out, seeing what else there is to talk about that's new. We will have more guests. We will have more discussions. This is what we love. If you're joining us for the first time, I encourage you to check out our archive. Either way, we hope to see you in the next one. In the meantime, have a nice day. Enjoy yourself.